Hello and welcome to Together BHA. My name is Josh, as always. Uh, I do want to do a quick side note so to give a quick thank you to my Patreons, of which there has been a fair few added to the list this week. Uh, Nick Murray, Daniel Lawrence, Alex Pressland, Sarah Ellis, Chris Baranco, Nick Axford, John Fitzpatrick, Ezra Thompson, and my guest for today, Will, from Chicago. Thank you for coming to the show, Will. Uh, hey. And thank you, as always, for, for subscribing to that. Um, we have had, uh, it's Valentine's Day. We're recording on Valentine's Day. So even bigger thank you for making time uh, yeah. for the show. <laughs> um, I think the majority of the show is going to be talking about how Martinez was definitely playing hard to get yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, right. But firstly, welcome to the show. Uh, do you want to tell us all a little bit about yourself and, and how, a, how a man from Chicago became an Albion fan? <laughs> yeah uh so you know i grew up playing soccer and stuff like that here in the states and um played you know clubs and you know high school and different things like that and played through college and whatnot um and i was a goalkeeper and you know i never really got attached to any team you know a lot of my teammates kind of growing up always got attached to you know chelsea and man united and stuff like that but i never you know i would watch with them but i never really got interested in it and then uh, I had a friend from work, uh, shout out to Connor. I know he listens to the podcast too. Uh, you know, one day he was like, hey, I'm going to this uh, bar near me. It's called AJ Hudson's. Great place to watch soccer, by the way, if you're ever in Chicago. He's like, you know, it's an 8 a.m. match for us here, you know? So he, he calls me. He's like, yeah, come on over. And I'm like, ah, all right, whatever. He's like, there's this new team that just made it up to the Premier League. I'll tell you about them. I was like, okay, entice me with a beer. I'll go. That's fine. <laughs> So go in the morning, we were watching soccer, having a good time. And, you know, I, I don't remember where I heard it, but, you know, your your club finds you. And I, you know, as he was telling me about the history and there was like the uh, promotion special where they kind of talked about, you know, facing not only relegation, but almost like obscurity and just, you know, dissolving almost as a club. And the more I researched into it and I got became really attached to, you know, the defense and uh, different players and stuff. And it was like, I was immediately hooked. So then next thing you know, I'm waking up at, you know, 530 in the morning to trek across Chicago to go to this bar to watch with my friends. Then, you know, it kind of snowballed for there where now I'm in a WhatsApp group with uh, my stateside seagulls, uh, shout out to them and to Paul for my new awesome scarf that we got for stateside seagulls. And yeah, it's, it, 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 it kind of just grew from there and now i'm i'm hooked and my wife luckily is very uh supportive of it because i have to wake up really early to watch some of the games but she's all for it so and you know i think i'm what four seasons in now and bought a bunch of jerseys and scarves and different things and i can't wait to go i think 2020 was the year where we were trying to get over there to watch a game and then 2020 happened so yep <laughs> that's fair uh well i mean yeah i mean i've said it a couple of times on the show like i just love that this this rise to the prem has has introduced so many people across the world to the team and the story is such a likable one like it really is we did it all the right way and that's something that that can be spoken to by a lot of people so yeah i mean and that's that really gets to the core of it there is like i think from top to bottom the club is just fantastic i'm in construction as well and so like the stadium really intrigues me as you know, also because it's just super cool. And I watched a ton of videos about the construction of that and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head that top to bottom, the club is fantastic. Maybe it's like kind of the Chicago in me too, is like, you know, as a Cubs fan, the, the lovable loser, so to speak, of just trying to like <laughs> continue to fight and continue to like, you know, take down the Goliaths. Because, you know, if you were a, not a baseball fan, and you're coming into it, you, you know, you'd expect them to root for the Yankees or something like that. But to me, that's like kind of like 
watching Star Wars and rooting for the Empire. You want to go for like that plucky upstart that's, you know, you want to go for the rebels, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I mean, yeah, so like being over here, I'm a Bears fan because my wife's from Chicago. I'm so sorry. And uh, yeah, so I, f- <laughs> I feel you in terms of uh, picking a team that ain't great. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they, they have not been good since I started supporting them. Uh, so <laughs> It, you know, it took me 25 years to see Brighton get good, good. So if that's the case, I'm about 15 years away from a Super Bowl run. Yeah, <laughs> but you're lucky there's no relegation in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, seriously, uh, we may have been in some deep trouble more than once. Uh, but, you know, it just pleases me that she wasn't from Cleveland. Um, because oh, yeah. it could always be worse. Right. <laughs> um, on to the, well, I mean, we've obviously got a lot to talk about this week uh, with the game itself. Probably the most entertaining nil-nil we've seen in quite a while um good game but first of all uh the the video from matty ryan has been doing the rounds uh this morning especially in a little bit yesterday uh i think it was optus sport in australia that had the interview with him um and essentially it was i i suspect the questioning was along the lines of what happened at brighton what led you to leave um and all that kind of stuff and his response was uh, he did not feel he was getting the support from the team at all this season. Uh, he didn't feel wanted. And uh, on top of that, it was it was a bit of a shock to him to uh, to find out that he wasn't, you know, wanted in that way. He also did cite that we were a stepping stone to go to a massive club, which he apparently has now gone to um, in Arsenal and has made an elite step up to a, the pinnacle of sport at Arsenal, which I found <laughs> was an interesting phrase. Um yeah, what are they, like four spots up the <laughs> table right now? I mean, they don't even have a super... Yeah, they're 11th place and uh, four points, five points clear of us. I mean, uh, hell, so, set yourself a low bar, I guess, you know. <laughs> Easier guess. to cross that way. In terms of the... So, in terms of him saying it was a shock, um, do you do you believe that? Do you believe that in your heart of hearts, do you believe that it was truly a shock to him? Or do you think that's something that he has to say as an elite sportsman. Um, you know, I could see it definitely from both sides. You know, I, I try to remind myself that, you know, a lot of these guys are in their, you know, mid twenties and stuff like that and try to think to where I was then. And, you know, the support and different things. I definitely understand like the stepping stone mentality. I mean, when he came in championship team, you know, and wanting to, you know, make that step and, you know, we got promotion and he stuck with it. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about the support that you can get from a manager um, and from a coach. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, he has to play those politics of like, oh, I'm loving my club. I'm loving the side that I'm with now and this and that. But I, I do think at the end, they probably lost that support. I mean, and he, when you're a keeper, you're kind of on an island in the back, you know, you're, you're doing your own thing. And so if you start getting your head and you could see his kind of spiral of games, especially with all the goals we were letting in, I mean, it really started, um, you know, with Manchester United and kind of spiraled away from there, you know, I mean, three goals and another three goals and four goals against Everton. And, you know, he was just constantly letting in and not getting saves and out of position and weird throws. And, you know, if you got people constantly nipping at your heels, you know, they were probably, you know, going all in on him at coaching practices. And next thing you know, you're, you're in your head about it and he's not doing so hot. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. I mean, like you said, like a lot of the early games, I felt a bit bad for him. Um, you know, when you look back at the goals, it was like, oh, it was a deflection or, you know, it was a it was a set piece that that Ben White didn't cover properly or something like that. But as the season went on, they become 
they became more and more his fault <laughs> yeah. as opposed to one of those. And there's only so many kind of let offs you can give him. Um, Plus the style of play really we, Potter switched everything. Right. And so he really needed somebody who's going to play out of the back more and really be like the passing kind of keeper sweeper type of thing. And Maddie was okay at it. I wouldn't say he was all that great. And his positioning, I've never thought his positioning as a goalkeeper has been all that great for his stature and for trying to make things you know, big, he misses shots by like inches because of his positioning and whatnot. So yeah, there's deflections. Luck has a lot to play into it. I think Sanchez has better luck. I, I think there's San- stuff that Sanchez has done and um, that he's gotten really lucky on, on saves. I mean, the one that comes to mind is like, I think it was like two games ago where he kind of like, he jumped up with ball was going down and he like kicked down and got it somehow. And like, it looked amazing, but I was like, dude, that was super lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it has something to play into it. And, you know, if you hit a rut of form, especially at this, you know, upper level, the upper echelon, yeah, you know, you're going to get replaced. You're going to start feeling bad and it can spiral. And he, I I think he got, you know, let it get to him. I'm all happy that he's at a club that he always wanted to be at, I guess. Um, I wish him the best, but at the same time, you know, I don't, I don't think it was necessary to say that it was just a stepping stone because the club did a lot for him, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I definitely think the manner in which he said it was a was a problem. Um, I think the thing is, is I think that you know most of the foreign players coming into the Albion, you know, I think they would be lying if they weren't seeing it as a stepping stone. Right. I can't, I can't imagine Moises Caicedo signed for us because he sees himself at thirty five retiring in an Albion shirt. Like, right. <laughs> I imagine he's he's seeing himself, uh, you know, in at Barcelona being the next you know, the inheritor to Messi is that linchpin in the team or something like that's what they want to do. And I'm sure that they all feel that way. Trossard, I'm sure feels that way. You know, all of them do, but I think that, yeah, I think that for Matty, it was, it was almost a, a demise of his own doing. And like, like you said, like, I wish him all the best. Uh, I just, I think that, I think that he's not being entirely truthful when he says it came as a shock. I, I, you know, the, the numbers don't lie. He was statistically the worst keeper in the league and we've now made the change and we are all of a sudden, you know, five or six clean sheets later, <laughs> we're, we're seeing why that decision was made. Yeah, and I, I like Sanchez a lot. I think he controls his box well. I think he makes others fearful of coming into his box. Um, he's good on the ball for, especially for his height. You know, I mean, we've got a lot of tall players that are really good on their feet. I mean, watching Dan Byrne just cracks me up because he's just so tall and you'd think he'd be so like goofy with the ball, but he's able to like, you know, almost like a ballet dance around things and like swivel and turn. And Sanchez is the same way. He's good with back passes. He's very calm, very collected. And so I, I think it's been, I mean, it's great for him, right? I, I, I think we gave him a shot because, you know, uh, what is it, Walton? Uh, he was uh, injured. And so yeah. we're like, okay, let's give Sanchez a shot. And it's, hey, we struck gold with that one, in my opinion. So I, I think there's ways to improve still. But, and, you know, what you're talking about with uh, players for, coming in from other countries and coming to the Albion, I, I think you're right. And I think it's a win win for them, no matter what, right? So they get to see, be seen, you know, with Premier League club. If they make such an impact that the Albion does well, then they're going to do well. Um, you know, maybe we make it to Europe in the next few seasons or something like that, and it's good for them. They get you know exposure, or even if we don't, at least they're getting exposure on this big stage. So, uh, I think that's how we're attracting this young talent, and I think that's also just goes into how Potter is trying to develop things. You know, 
getting rid of Maddie was just another step in that phase of, you know, kind of out with the old, in with the new, in with the new and young developing players, because we're never going to outspend the top six or top eight. We're going to, you know, we're going to have to develop that talent and find those hidden gems and, fold, you know, form them. And that's why Graham Potter is so great is because he's such a good coach um, to form those players. So I, I, that's how we're going to find success, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think, like you said, I think it's abundantly clear that, that that's the idea. Um, I think even under Hutton, that was the idea from the recruitment team. I think, unfortunately, Hutton as a coach didn't share that view. Um, but I think the the work had been done in the background regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, they were bringing in those players to fit that that ethos even without Hutton using them a great deal. Uh, but in terms of play, teams that have spent a fair bit, uh, Villa are one of them. They spent a lot of money this summer, yeah. um, a ton, over a hundred million in the middle of a pandemic summer, uh, <laughs> when we didn't know, you know, if there'll be games behind closed doors or not, which of course has turned out to be probably the rest of the season, which is another huge loss of revenue. Um, I dread to think what their books are going to look like next year. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I know the Albions were bad this year. Uh, I think they're going to look a lot better next year with the amount of sales we made and adjusting to the the crapshoot um but i think villas are gonna be (laughs) just brutal um it was gonna be a tough game regardless right we villa are a decent side they're in good form uh similar to the albion they are very good away from home as opposed to at their own place and as you know as well as anybody brighton are not doing their best at home (laughs) yeah understatement of the century right there (laughs) yeah yeah for real um but coming into the game yesterday you know it was a it was a late kickoff i think it was about two o'clock your time three o'clock mine and of course the evening game in the uk um and when the 11 was announced, uh, what were your feelings on that that lineup that we had out there? Uh, I think we made two changes from the the game against Burnley, I believe. I think we had uh, Alzate come back, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And who else came back? McAllister, maybe? Or was yeah, it- Mac, Mac was back. Yeah. So what was your what was your thought when we lined up with that, uh, that group of players there for the Villa game? Honestly, it was the best that we could do. I mean, if you looked at even our bench, there was a lot of young talent on the bench as well, just because, you know, we're injury prone right now. I mean, some of our best players are out. Solly, who's been just solid, is out. Tarek, you know, is out. Uh, Webster, out. Uh, I mean, these these are guys that have been helping us through, and uh, to have them out was, uh, you know, a challenge for Potter for sure and for the team. But that being said, uh, that was the most entertaining drive watched all season. That's for sure. I, I you know, I, I thought that our back line did a fantastic job. Um, I mean, you've seen the memes on Twitter and the different places where Veltman went home and emptied his pockets and Grealish was in there because he just <laughs> shut him down all night, which I was loving seeing because I'm not a fan of Grealish. I don't like his uh, theatrics <laughs> for sure. I mean, <laughs> the dude cries more than like a four-year-old woman watching like a Hallmark Channel like movie. So it's just. <laughs> he's always on the ground but yeah i mean i I think we did a great job of with what we had i mean the one thing that was a surprise to me is we had like four attackers on the on our bench um and then to only bring on really one of them was surprising to me but um yeah i would have liked to see zakiri get a little bit more of a shot and or maybe Connolly. but i think we did well i you know classic story of you know crazy high xg right <laughs> yeah i mean the the stats for the game itself were just insane i don't think we've gone 
a, through a stat line like this all season. Like it was, it was just utterly ridiculous. 26 shots from us left yesterday and yeah. nine of them on target, which I feel like usually when we do this, we go, okay, we had 19 shots and two on target. There's our problem. Like right. 26 shots, nine on target and 10 blocked. Like they were all over it. Villarash. Yeah one shot on target from we have a crazy habit of making you know the opposition goalkeepers look world class in some of these games it just uh, it's just our our luck right now i suppose is you know fair credit to him you you know martinez it is martinez right yeah yes he he he's fantastic i mean he he got lucky on some of them like where his leg blocked uh the shot from i believe it was mac outside of the uh, McAllister outside of the box but yeah i mean fair fair to him he was on fire that game and it was good because Honestly, other than maybe Target in their back line, the rest of them were just hot garbage. So, um, I mean, we were we were in their half the entire time, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were dispossessed nine times yesterday. I I, I struggled to find a time where we had successfully dispossessed more like more people on a team. Ross Barkley and Bertrand Traore were the two big ones that we took the ball off an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I I tweeted yesterday something about us high pressing to them to just death. And yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen us so confident in hunting that ball down in packs. And I think, like you said, the the biggest reason that that happened was the way we just totally isolated Grealish from anything out there. And, and Veltman was just unbelievable in the way he did it. Um, well, even just when he switched sides too. I mean, you know, he he tried to get away from Veltman at one point and switched over to Burnside and Burn shut him down as well. You know, fair credit to both of them for absolutely shutting him down. I mean, he probably only had like five passes of note, you know, in that match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was he was totally ineffective. Um and it, it it did make me smile that he he was just spending the entire way walking off the first half, just bitching at the referees. Oh yeah. Um because Veltman, uh, as we know, is is a kind of came out of the left field, but he is a very physical player. He takes no shit. Um, I, I don't know if that was the, his mentality at, at Ajax. Um, I know that Ajax are fans generally were happy to see the back of him. They thought he was just not good enough for their team. Mm. Um, I, I almost wonder if, similar to Matty Ryan, he just wasn't in a good run um, and, and needed a change of scenery. And given that he was... Literally, same as Aaron Moy, he had like contractual, you know, stipulations to let him go to a Premier League team for a cut price. In the same way that Moy was allowed to go to China for a cut price, I, I, I wonder if that was just all he needed to kind of revitalize his career because I'm sure that he didn't anticipate getting the amount of game time he's had, especially at right wing back <laughs> with right. with Tarrant Lamptey ahead of him. But you know, he's been unbelievable this year, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean. It's hard to. I'm excited for Tarek to come back, but I, I almost wish we could uh, play Veltman at left wing back then because he's just. He, I mean, he's more than proved himself. He gets up and down. He shuts down, uh, you know, offensive players and shuts down attacks really well. Um, and then on the other side, he he runs up and down. He does full length, you know, full pitch uh, offensive attacks too, and crosses it in greatly i mean he had a couple shots on goal yesterday i mean he's all over the place and he was so just composed and 
you know, the, the entire time I, I, w- I was blown away. And then you're right for what, 900,000, you know, that's crazy. That's, that's a great deal. <laughs> yeah. That's just absurd. Like I, I feel like he's 29. Now, if we were to sell him at the end of the season, we could probably put, you know, another zero on the end of that and sell him for 9 million and no one would blink. Like right. that's just insane. Um, like you said, I, th- I think his second shot was one of the closest to going in. Um, that was an absolute monster strike, uh, which again, Martinez made a great save annoyingly. Yeah. Um, he also had a couple of key passes. Uh, I think his XA was the second highest in the team. So uh, I think his, you know, he was kind of creator in chief in, in bringing those goal scoring opportunities to light. Yeah. I mean, and the whole, you know, with him, he was, he's such a strong defender, but I mean, McAllister was going in hard on all 50, 50 balls. I mean, his, he's gotten so strong. I I've been, you know, when he first started, everybody was like, Oh, he's going to, he's going to cure everything, you know, and whatnot. And he needs some time to acclimate to the league, but he's definitely gotten super, super strong in that, you know, middle of the field. He goes in hard 50, 50 balls. I mean, where Tross are kind of like fakes going in for like a header and whatnot. McAllister's all in, he's right on the guy. And like, I've so enjoyed watching him and, you know, form and find his way into the league and find his way into Brighton. I think he's going to be another one that we're going to be super happy we brought and, you know, let him acclimate and get time because I, I enjoyed watching him as well yesterday. Yeah, I mean, him him and Leandro Trossard both, I, I think that Trossard has, has really been rather disappointing for the money we paid for him and, and the promise he showed. Um right. He but had I such think, a spark at the start of last season, yep. and then it just seemed like it kind of died out. But I feel like it's coming back. Yeah, I'm starting this, to see hints of it. 2021, I feel, has been a huge turning point for a lot of players in this team, and I think that I think part of it is mentality, and I think part of it is like you said, they needed time. Um, some need more time than others, and some just never make it. I think mm-hmm. Leandro has taken a little bit more time than most, but I think you know, especially since the Wolves game that. Potter himself even marked as that turning point for a lot of it. I just, I'm stunned at how up for it Leandro looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same way, Alexis, you know, they both seem so up for it. And and in the past, I felt that Trossard was one of those players that just didn't look bothered today. But I, I have, I can't remember saying that in in a fair while now um probably helps that we've had games back to back to back to back to back so <laughs> very very much looking forward to a rest for the players so yeah and they get what they get eight days off now because it's next monday um yep. no cop games no messing about uh and they get a full week off which is a huge help I, i'm sure um yeah. especially for those players that are you know just about on the on the outskirts of being ready to come back um, I think we are desperately in need of that break. And I think we get a break right after that too, right? I think we get, you know, we're back to uh, a point in time where we're kind of just playing once a week for the foreseeable um, up until the end of March-ish where you get that international break and you get the two weeks off. So yeah. with, the, with the form we're showing, you know, if we can come through these next couple as unscathed as possible, we could go into that back end of the season with an almost fully fit squad and and riding incredibly high yeah i i completely agree i mean if you look back i mean january 16th where we played Leeds was kind of really our our turning point from that you know and what how many points did we get from there that's like 11 or 12 points against you know fulham Leeds, tottenham liverpool burnley and you know uh Aston villa i mean 
the points that we got from those games, I think we, I, that's what I projected. I just didn't think we were going to beat the teams that we beat. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah. Right. Like you go, okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll take three from Burnley. Uh, we'll take three from Fulham and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll lose to Tottenham and or like, like we'll a, take a point or whatever. Yeah. And all the way through, it was like a, a Saturday, a Wednesday, a Saturday, a Wednesday or a Sunday and a Wednesday. And it was, it was very jam packed. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of them for getting as many points as they got during that time. Cause we really needed it. I mean, I think we're like one point ahead of where we were last season at this time. Um, though I, I feel a lot more positive this season, just because we have been, it, it's starting to come to fruition what Potter's goal is to creating those chances and whatnot. But I just wish it didn't take like 25 shots on goals to get one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. Um, in terms of the player performances we had yesterday, I think Dan Byrne is worth picking out um, because like you said, like he was, he was very good yesterday and I, I made a comment midweek as to how not good he was at, in the middle of the week. And it's so, he's so strange. He can put on a just masterclass against Liverpool. He can look very good um, against, you know, the champions of of, the, of England. And then he can go to, to Leicester and and look like he's won a competition to play for the team. He's, he's a fan like me and you that won a competition. And then four days later, he rolls up against Aston Villa, who are a very good side, and looks again like one of the better players in the team. Yeah, it's just so strange, and you know, and what you got to keep in mind is we're putting him all over the place, right? I mean, yeah. he's supposed to—he's super tall. He's supposed to be a center back, and we're playing him at you know left wing back and center back and moving him all around, and then he's like up, being like almost like a forward sometimes. It, it, he's just <laughs> all over the place, and you know, a lot of people rag on him that he's like not super talented or whatever. But what I love about him is that no matter what, he gives just like 200% effort. And to me, that makes up for his quote unquote lack of talent in any position. And it's like, well, we're playing him all over the place, but he always gives that extra effort. He's always trying hard. Um, and he, he invests himself in the game. I mean, even when he had that really bad game where he let up the penalty and he had the own goal and stuff like that, you saw him dig at himself, dig deep. And then the very next game, he was, you know, on form, he was trying hard and he was killing it, you know? So I think he is a just, he's what Potter is looking for in like players mentality for sure. Um, just the, the amount of effort he gives just truly impresses me. And he's, he is one of my favorite players, but I'm also like six, four. So I like tall guys. In him, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was like, you said, like uh, it is, there is something wonderful about the player that is either. And I think he started yesterday as our left-sided center back. I think mm-hmm. Alzate was that left wing back. And we'll talk about that yeah. in a second. Um, but he, he was third in shots yesterday, only behind Trossard and McAllister two on target was the joint most as well. Um, and he was just like you said, he was all over the place. He was, and then when we went to the back four, he was very good at the back, you know, as a left back, out and out left back, which I'm sure, you know, three or four years ago when he was playing for Wigan week in, week out, he, he wasn't expecting to be playing in a uh, free flowing attacking game at left wing back. But <laughs> life yeah, I mean, comes it's at you hard quick. to pick down what position he's playing when he's always in the box as well. You know, he's always on that corner. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I feel like he's owed a goal. You know, I feel like he's due. You know, kind of like speaking ba- baseball terms a little bit. I, I feel like he, he, what he's fifty matches for the Albion now, and he, yep. 
he had the glancing header that you know was barely saved and just he is so due for a goal and i just want it for him so bad <laughs> yeah i mean he was so close wasn't he last season against southampton when they ruled it out and i thought that was harsh to rule it out in the first place but he was so close and it just it's absurd how close he's getting without putting it away um, but that's everybody too so everybody true <laughs> <laughs> um in terms of alzate uh, I think he played really well against Liverpool in that central midfield role. He obviously got the goal, which was huge, obviously season changing. Um, we'd already turned that corner, but that goal against Liverpool obviously changed it to a whole other level in terms of the confidence within the team. Um, yesterday, he played the first half really uh, as as a left wing back. Mm-hmm. And although we'd seen him at right wing back before and a little bit of left wing back uh, against Leicester, I wasn't very convinced by him in that position. Uh, I thought he looked not as comfortable as I would like him to. Um, how did you, did you yeah. see the same thing? It, it looked like he was just physically outclassed. He was just not as comfortable as he is in the middle of the park. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. I, he was kind of quiet for me. I mean, in my, I tried to write down notes of like things bad, things good that I saw for different players yesterday. And I didn't even write his name down because I didn't really see much that was good or bad. He was just kind of, uh, you know, as you would put, he's bang on average five out of 10, right? So, yeah. I, I mean, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't good. Um, and, you know, it's a little disappointing because I had such high hopes for him. I, I thought that he was another one from like last season that, you know, okay, this is great. He's developing, he's gaining his form. And I don't know if it was through that, whatever the illness was and just taking the time off and, you know, just kind of getting back into things. And it could also be, a, you know, a measure of, where uh, Potter's putting him, right? Because he's kind of been moving all over the place. He's sometimes played middle. He's sometimes played, you know, right or left. And, uh, you know, just kind of finding his feeding under him is probably a challenge right now to just get back to the formula he was. Yeah, I mean, I think you've summarized it incredibly well in terms of him just being there. Uh, yesterday, had, yesterday, he had uh, 61 minutes on the pitch and 19 touches of the ball. Uh, nobody else other than Danny Welbeck had less. Um, and he played for 10 minutes. Uh, Adam Lalana came on uh, to replace him. Lalana finished with 23, and everybody else was so far ahead of him. It was just insane. Yeah, um, Lalana was... created like some big chances too, like at least three. He did, yeah. He actually, talking of Lalana, uh, he actually had the highest uh, expected assists by a country mile uh, at 0.87, um, which was just insanely higher than anybody else second was joel veltman that we were just talking about with with 0.37 which is a huge difference um and he only played for for 27 minutes um lalana whenever he comes on he he seems to put us into a different gear and Mm -hmm. we look even though we looked superb yesterday all the way through without finding that finishing touch and it was the same with him on um do you it's tough to risk him isn't it because you don't want him yeah. to get hurt again. How do you think we're managing it about as well as we could right now, bringing him on for that for final 30 minutes to either see out a game with that leadership and composure or try and push for a winner with that, as we've just seen that creative influence, or would you like to see him just risk it a little bit and start playing him a little bit more often from the beginning? For what he brings and for what we paid to bring him over to bring what he brings I want him. I, I would play him because, you know, they talk about it, especially in the offline interviews and whatnot or off game interviews that he's, you know, providing that, uh, you know, 
sense of winning and trying to develop more people and bringing his experience and you know his pure talent to other players we need to we need that on the on the pitch right we we need to have him play games i mean i get it bring him on as a super sub and try to like but at the same time yeah if he's if he's not staying healthy that's that's hard but i i hope we're turning a corner i hope he's just potter's just trying to give him the reps give him the minutes to bring him back full time because i do think it's needed there is a difference like you're saying it's another gear when he's there he's calm on the ball he finds those passes you know he knows those runs he he quickly you know melds with the players that we have and what kind of runs Trossard or mac are gonna gonna be doing so i, I do believe that we need to play him more yeah, and I, I agree. I, I hope that he does start getting game time. Um, I think the tough part that 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 Potter has now, I suppose, if is if he is playing that three at the back and the wingbacks, um, you know, who who is he displacing in the midfield? Because mm-hmm. McAllister, as we've said, has really gone up a gear or two in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Bisuma is Bisuma, world class. Yeah. Like he's just unbelievable. Uh, the role he did yesterday as that central midfielder, like that holding midfielder was just unbelievable. He led the way defensively. Uh, Three total tackles, which was the most in the team. Uh, Two interceptions, which was joint most in the team. Uh, Two clearances, which was set joint second in the team. Only Lewis Dunk had more. Um, He didn't get himself a bucking, nothing like that. He he played superb football. And that anchorman role that he's being asked to play now to allow somebody like Pascal Gross to do what Pascal Gross does is just insane. And he's only 24. I still blows me away. We're going to get paid for him. I know. <laughs> I know. And, you know, you're exactly right. Because when when he gets to play the position that he's so natural and he has a anchor like McAllister or Gross being able to do what they do, he gets, you know, it makes them better. Um, and, you know, we, but I, I also think that we need to bring Lalana in. And it, it's hard right now because we're spoiled for choice in, in that area. I mean, we have... Mac is doing great. Gross is doing phenomenal, in my opinion. I mean, he, what were the stats? He has like the most chances created just behind like the dot bottom, you know, 14 teams or whatever. Like, I think the next one is Grealish or whatever. So it's hard, you know, it's really hard for picking that middle section for Potter right now to play with Basuma. Yeah, I mean, Pascal Gross in terms of uh, expected assists just at the Albion is is firmly in second place, uh, but only behind Leandro Trossard with significantly less minutes played than Leandro. Like, I'm sure if he'd have played the extra 400 minutes that Leandro has, he'd be ahead of him. And like you said, Bissouma playing in that role allows Gross to not have to worry about doing a defensive job, which I feel was really... The problem when we went to that flat midfield three with Hutton, he was asking him to do a defensive midfielder's job and he's just so not a defensive yeah. midfielder. He hasn't got the pace. He hasn't got any of that stuff that he needs to do it. Um, yeah, so you got to give like, him an opportunity to do his awesome Croy turn. <laughs> he's got that thing patented. They're going to rename that thing. After it's gross. just ridiculous that people keep falling for it. He, he, no. the, the fact that he kept it until about the 88th minute yesterday and then probably did it to, I think it was Target and put him on his bum was just ridiculous. It just, reminds me of me playing FIFA because I'm not very good and like it's the one like trick move I know and he just spams that basically. He <laughs> only knows the, the Croy turn and that's it. That's all he does. It's just, do you ever wonder if like the, the 
opposition team watch the tape and then they they all say they're not going to get done by it this time and then <laughs> inevitably somebody does do you reckon they have to like pay up like they yeah. have like a they got a side bet term bar <laughs> like, like oh yeah you gotta buy pints you got you got screwed up <laughs> it's just mental um but i mean who are those three do you drop for for lalana I mean, the closest you've got really is is Pascal Gross in terms of what they bring, but he's bringing so much currently. It's it's so tough. Um, yeah, and maybe maybe it's a switch between those, and you can alternate games with it. But yeah, I mean, it's a tough choice. That's why I'm glad I'm not I'm glad I'm not manager. <laughs> but yeah, maybe you bring in Lana for Gross sometimes because Gross has been putting in the reps. I mean, he has played 90 minutes of basically every single match going back. What? like four or five matches now. And that includes all their, you know, our, uh, the FA cup stuff. And it, he's just, he's putting in the miles. Yeah. I think they said that, uh, on the commentary yesterday, him and Lewis Dunk have played the same amount of minutes. And they're the only two that have played the same amount of minutes in, uh, in 2021. And obviously Pascal's job is a lot more run heavy, <laughs> than Lewis's, uh, just nuts. Um, I thought Sanchez was good yesterday. Didn't have anything to do, really. Um, yeah. But what he did do in terms of recycling the ball, I think he did it really well. Um, yeah, he's good on his feet. He's good with the back passes. He brings a calmness to the back that you know Dunk also provides. I think that we're starting to see our defense return to form. I think Webster has been fantastic this season with Dunk. Uh, yes. You know, uh, and Dunk. I, you saw it a little bit yesterday. What I want to return from him is he used to be the king of those like cross open field passes, you know, up the pitch and like finding that open person or finding them on the run. And we saw that a couple times yesterday. I, we need to get that back. I mean, Webster kind of dribbles forward and, you know, he has some great ways to move it up the pitch, but that, you know, I think that in combination will be key for us going forward, but it's good to see our, you know, kind of the fortress at the back returning. Yeah, and I think I think that there's a lot to be said for Sanchez with that with that return to form. Mm-hmm. I think the trust that that back line have in Sanchez has has changed that team so dramatically at the back. Um, last one on the players for me, at least Neil Mopai. <laughs> uh, he's it was disappointing yesterday. I think from his perspective, I think that I feel like Neil is going to bed every night thinking if I'd have took one touch less and hit it one touch sooner, I could have had 14 goals this season. Um, yeah. I mean, that was one of my major notes is like, he doesn't take open shots. He's like, ah, they're going to expect me to shoot right now. So I'm going to take a couple more touches and make it harder for myself. But I think that's everybody in the front too, is that yes, we had like, what is it? 23 shots or whatever. Like they're all difficult, you know, it, because we're not, taking those first touch open shots or, you know, one touch over and then take the shot. It's like, we're trying to dribble through them so that we're inside the six and then taking a shot. It's like, just unload, man. Like that's why we're not getting the goals is because you're trying to make it more complicated for yourself. And Neil's the guiltiest of them all. He, you know, he's selfish at times where he shouldn't be. And then he's like, not, it's like the complete opposite of where he needs to be right now. And, you know, it's just luck and decision-making, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that, I think that Neil is also lucky in the fact that he's only 24 and that the people behind him aren't exactly chomping at the, at the bit. You know, they're not exactly Aaron Connolly, Andy Zakiri, and Danny Welbeck are not exactly goal scoring machines either when they're playing games. Um, 
And Welbeck especially is is also not capable of staying fit. That's just, we knew that when we brought him in, we knew he was going to be that backup, I think, all along. Um, it does feel like we are just one. It feels like we're an Ollie Watkins away, though. Like it's, yeah. And that's not that's not a huge ask for the Albion. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I, I know everybody's been clamoring for a striker, a striker. We need to get a striker, a striker, a striker. We, we've got a bunch, you know? I mean, yeah, we'd let uh, Glenn go, but it's... You know, we've got Mope, we've got Connolly, we've got Tao now, we've got Zakiri, we've got Welbeck. It's like, how many strikers do you need before? I mean, maybe I'm in the minority here, but like, we, we keep bringing in strikers and none of them are scoring goals like Glenn could. Right. Yeah, I think, I think the issue is... We need is, that fox is... in the box, but we just I haven't found him quite yet, or we, ha- or we have him and we haven't given him the chance. I think Zakiri can be that person, um, but and it, we kind of started to see it in the Leicester FA Cup game, but I, we got to give him the time. Yeah, and I, I think the issue is, is uh, you know, there are 15 teams in the Premier League that want that. Right. And and a lot of them are all going through the same, uh, the same f- struggle we are. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's nobody in that bottom three that has anything resembling mobile, let alone anybody better. That they're, they're all struggling for that same reason. Um, you, you know, at Sheffield United, bottom of the league, they've scored 15 goals in 23 games. Like that's that's their problem. That they've yep. got one of the better they've got one of the better goal differences in terms of letting them in, but it doesn't matter because they're not scoring goals. Uh, Newcastle spent 50 million, 40 million on Joel Linton. What a waste of money that was. Uh, Palace just go through strikers like hot dinners and never find a good one. Um, I think the major difference <laughs> between us and the other teams is that I, if I was a striker, I'd be salivating to go to the Albion right now because we're creating so many chances. It's just missing that person on the end of it, you know? And so if, if just one of them can find that rich vein of form, I feel like we're just, we're at this like trying to get to the tipping point. We're, we're there. We're almost there, almost there, almost there. We just need that one person that can just be on the end of those. And, you know, if you had like a, a I know it's a lot of ass, but if we had a Vardy at the end of these things, we'd be just blown away with goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will be honest. I, I do think Neil can still be that person. You know, he's not, he's not scoring 10 goals last season and seven already this season by accident. Like he is, he is capable of doing it just, Similar to Maka and, and Trossard, something needs to just click. He needs to get one. Maybe he just needs to bag a brace. Like maybe if he gets two against Palace next week, all of a sudden we're at the end of the season and we're like, huh, maybe we don't need any new strikers because he's just finished the season with 15 and it's just fired us up the table. Um, yeah. It very well could happen. I mean, I, I, I give him a rough time because, you know, I like him. I think that he can do great things. I just want more out of him. Um, I think he bothers the defenses. I mean, the way him and Aaron Connolly too just run. They're they're like bees. They're running around. They're they're causing problems. The way they make their runs, you know, kind of tricks defenses into like different open spots and finds different lanes for people. But again, it, it just goes back to there's nobody on the end of that run that's clinical enough to make, um, you know, make those goals happen. And you know. Look at McAllister's header. I mean, he found that perfect vein. He had a like a world class header. It just sailed over the bar, you know. But it was he was there and he opened that up. And it, it's just you can't say it enough. I mean, I feel like every single podcast we you talk about it is just that we're missing that last touch. <laughs> yep, yep. And I think you're right. I think anybody who is anybody would be dying to be here. Would be mm-hmm. dying to be for them to be the person that think that I can I can be that person. 
I can get on the end of those. I'll be the one. And I think, I think Welbeck was probably that way. You know, it was like, that's me. I can do that. And unfortunately it hasn't worked out as much as it could have because he can't stay fit. Um, But in terms of man of the match yesterday, uh, who gets that for you? Beltman, 100%. Same. (laughs) Yeah. I, he just up and down the pitch, you know, making, I mean, look at the end of it, like the entire like Aston Villa team was talking more to the rest than they were talking to themselves because they, you know, that's how they operate is just trying to get free kicks and yellow cards and stuff. And that ref was having none of it. And so they were petitioning the ref more than they were like talking to themselves and trying to work out a way to win the game. And, you know, Veltman was a key cause of that because he, he shut down Grealish and then Grealish picked up that yellow card and he was like, Oh crap. You know, it's, he couldn't do anything the rest of the match that is normal, like kind of shit housery causes because, <laughs> you know, he was already on yellow. So yeah, Veltman for me up and down defensively, his crosses in were good. His shots on goal, you know, I, he's another one that I just hope he can get a goal in and bag one. And, um, I'm just worried with Tarek coming back, what he's going to do, uh, what we're going to do with him. I don't want him to sit on the bench. Cause I do think he's got, some really good talent can provide a lot for the team. So we'll, we'll have to figure that out. But Tara kind of worries me a little bit. He's kind of, he's like an F1 car, right? He's got a great engine, but he uses it. And then he's, you know, it's got to be thrown out kind of thing. And I, I, you kind of saw that early on in the season where he'd run a great game, have a great game, get fouled in the box. And then he kind of pick up a little bit of a niggle. And then next thing you know, he's out for a match. So I'm a little worried that his, his speed and his fragility is going to, catch up to him and I'm I'll knock on wood there, but I, I'm a little worried about him. Yeah. I think, I think you're entitled to it. I think we all see it. I think he just gets, he just gets battered mm-hmm. <laughs> every game and, and that's just really rough. Um, final note has to be Emiliano, Emiliano Martinez though. Like I, I don't think I've done this in any podcast this season in terms of just having to just stop for a second and say, this man ruled the game. That's an yeah. opposition player, but uh, he's now at 12 clean sheets this season, which is the most in the league. He made nine saves yesterday, which is uh, a Premier League record in terms of saves made uh, to also keep a clean sheet yesterday. Um, in two seasons, no one's done that in the last two seasons. So he was just, it was just ridiculous. And then to put in the 10 blocks as well from other players, um, it's just utterly insane. And I think he was signed for about 20 million uh, to Villa um, from Arsenal, that's probably got to be signing of the season in the Premier League, right? Yeah, and considering <laughs> that going back, he I think he only played like maybe a dozen games for Arsenal. You know, he was constantly their backup, basically. Yep. And to come over and be the starter and just like, he, he, you know, he's a talent. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm goalkeeper myself and just watching him. And some of that was luck yesterday, but some of those games, you know, you're just on fire and there's nothing you can do wrong. His positioning was great. Uh, his command of the box was great. I, you know, it's hard to fault. <laughs> I wanted the Albion to win, obviously, but he was, he did fantastic. I mean, I, I kudos to the guy. He, he was awesome. That game. It was great for their team. Cause everybody else didn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, yeah. I think you're right. Like, you know, like, he was he he was lucky a couple of times yesterday, like you said, the deflection from McAllister. Um, but you don't get twelve clean sheets in a season by being lucky. Mm-mm. You get you get them added on, and and same for Sanchez that we were just talking about earlier. You know, since he's came in 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 this kind of January February period, you know, we picked up what four or five clean sheets. They they don't come all by luck. He's he's doing the right things. His positioning is good. His his ability to claim the ball at set pieces is just 
awesome. Um, yeah, I think that Martinez probably is my sign of the season in the Prem in general. He's been just an insane boost to them because last year defensively they were a joke, and and this year that's that's really the only defensive change they made, and and he's just unbelievable. Yeah. Next up, Palace. Uh, last year, uh, this game was probably the most frustrating game um, in terms of an Albion kind of, you know, the, the game that we played where we lost 1-0 um, mm-hmm. last year was just unbelievable. Uh, we ended up last year with 66% possession, 23 shots, uh, eight on target. Um, we just utterly dominated them from from the start of game to the end and we ended up losing 1-0 uh, due to a uh, an IU goal that I think I remember being just obnoxiously stupid um, obviously it's not must win anymore right because we're we're at a point where we're very comfortable in that in that league table we're above you know Fulham and, and West Brom and Fulham are still have to play today against Everton and I, I you know I can't see them getting a huge amount of points there Uh but in terms of the confidence running through this team and and the ability of this team and, and Zaha very much being touch and go, um, do you think this is a game that we should be going in and, and quite rarely going in and expecting to come out of this with a win? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's a home game, so... which is <laughs> <laughs> hilarious to talk about. But um, yeah, I mean, Zaha is, you know tentative if he's going to be there I, th- I think if he is they'll probably try to use him because you know it, th- their their offense relies on him um it, to me i, I i'm kind of disagree a little bit i think the next two games are going to be pivotal for us to win uh between crystal palace and i think west brom is the next one as well I, yep we need those points we need them early the earlier we can get them you know i don't think we should be satisfied with uh two more draws or you know anything I, yeah, we're comfortable in the table right now. Yeah, I think the bottom three are going to remain the bottom three. But to me, the rivalry, it being a home game, our form has been rich lately. To me, we have to win that game. Otherwise, we might regress, to be perfectly honest. And maybe it's a tipping point. Maybe we'll, like you were saying earlier, maybe we'll, like Mope will go out, get a brace, and then you know somebody else and we'll get five goals or something like that. I, I feel like we're due for one like that, but who knows? Yeah, and I mean, if we get a win uh, next week against Palace, we we jump above them in the table. Um, in fact, we would jump above those them both them and Southampton in the table on goal difference. Uh, if right. Southampton were to were to not get a win either, um, and you know, at that point, if we were to get a win, twenty nine points, West Brom to play next week, uh, get a point there, we've, we've hit that thirty mark with what. 12 games to go you've got to think that we can quite comfortably take eight points in 12 games with the with the run we're on um in terms of changes to the team would you want to see any or or would you be happy with that with that lineup that we've got there yeah i I would like to uh, hopefully webster's back um i think they were just resting him for a game but uh hopefully he's back in the lineup i Tarek sounds like he might be coming back but i wouldn't play him you know, I wouldn't start him. I would probably give him some minutes later on in the game, uh, if anything, or just save him for West Brom. But it, it's hard to make it an adjustment from where we were. Um, hopefully, we can just continue that form that we had, but just finish our chances. Um, but yeah, I mean, we ended last season at forty-one points. Uh, I I think we need to continue to develop that and you know this season in my opinion we've been stronger as a team uh it's just that last you know 
10%, we haven't been there. So you'd want to see your team progress, get higher than 41 points, or at least match what we had last time. Um, so we got to just win a, a few more games. And I think it's in the cards for us in the next at least, you know, half dozen or so where, you know, we're playing Crystal Palace, we're playing West Brom, uh, Leicester, I, they hit a, uh, hot, you know, a rich vein of form with them. Southampton's kind of on the decline and Newcastle's right there around us. So I, I think the next, you know, five, six games are going to be pretty important for us. Yeah. Agreed. Um, hopefully, you know, we're talking at the end of this in a week from now and we've got three points. We're above in the table and we're well on the run. Um, do you have anything else in your notes that you wanted to get out into the Brighton universe? I'm trying to see. I mean, I just like, I would like us to see, I would like to see us take the less complicated shots. I think we overcomplicate <laughs> things for ourselves all the time. Um, hopefully our, our injury proneness is coming to an end. Um, you know, Welbeck seems to be back. Lana seems to be back. You know, Tarek's around the corner. Uh, Webster's going to be coming back. So hopefully we are starting to hit that stride and it could, couldn't come at a better time, right? We're coming off of, uh, a, you know, we're six uh, undefeated, uh, six in a row undefeated. So let's, you know, let's keep it going. Yeah, agreed. Well said. Um, thank you for coming on. Have a wonderful rest of your Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. Got to go thank the wife for allowing me some time to do this <laughs> on the Valentine's Day. I made breakfast and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing right now. And she's like, yeah, you do it. Like I said, she's super supportive. I, you know, I feel bad when my alarm goes off at 530 in the morning on a Sunday <laughs> to go watch a 630 game because I got to make my coffee and whatnot. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, you too. I hope you and uh, you and your wife uh, have a good Valentine's Day, and hopefully, we're uh, clinking uh, champagne after the sh- uh, Crystal Palace match. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, Monday night kickoff, everybody. So it will be a uh, we'll be able to watch everybody around us play f- before we even have to worry about ourselves, and hopefully, we can go into it with West Brom and Fulham and everyone else losing even more. So awesome! Yep. Thanks for coming on. Been a great yeah, guest. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good rest of your week, and you too. be safe. You too.